It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder lose to the Utah Jazz as SGA drops another 30-plus point game, Aaron Wiggins is back and makes an impact. Darius Baisley shows off some defensive versatility, and the Utah Jazz just could not miss from three, putting up 23 three-pointers. All of this and more coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast on Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Utah Jazz. SGA racking up another 30-point night. Poku filling up the stat sheet. Baisley showing off defensive versatility. And Aaron Wiggins returning to the lineup, as well as Lindy Waters making a huge impact in this game and huge highlight play uh, with a block on Jordan Clarkson. Again, this show is brought to you by Bet Online, which is the one-stop shop for you for all your betting needs. Go there right now to betonline.net. Now, the, the big story from this game, as the Thunder take on the Jazz on Sunday, is SGA. He scores 33 points, goes 47% from the floor, 0 for 4 from 3, 11 for 12 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, a block, and 0 turnovers. That's impressive. You consider who is inactive right now. You have Josh Giddy out with that injury. You have Lou Dort out, Ty Jerome out. And it really forces SGA to be the only creator, the only player with the ball in his hands. And for the defense, it's really the only player that they have to respect. You, you think about how insane this rampage he's on right now where he's averaging 33 points per game since the all-star break is when you factor in the team's already one of the worst teams in the, in the NBA. And due to Mike Muscala being out and Kenny hustle being out and Lou Dort being out and Josh Giddy being out, there's not really players who have earned the respect from the NBA yet on this roster. There's not really players who defenses are worried about. In fact, the only player that defense is key on is SGA because if you get beat by Trey Mann, if you get beat by Darius Paisley, if you get beat by Poku, you just shrug your shoulders and move on because you feel like you can outscore Poku or Trey Mann or Darius Paisley. But you want to stop SGA. And then when you factor in that SGA gets most of his damage done at the rim, which, again, 
due to the lack of shooting on this team in general, even if they're fully healthy, but especially right now with no Kenny Hustle, no Mike Muscala, no Lou Dort, they're just going to clog the paint and force the drive and kick, which SGA is elite at making the drive and kick pass, but he does not have those knockdown shooters around him. But yet still, SGA is finding different unique ways to score around the rim, even against the length of the Utah Jazz. I just find this, this stretch here to be the reason why, or, or the reason to point to, the fact that SGA is an elite basketball player scoring the basketball around the rim. And, and it's the reason why, even going back to the bubble period, we were saying that SGA ceiling is a top 15 player in this league. Because you have to imagine there's still another step to take for SGA. If you surround him with three shooters in a lineup or four shooters in a lineup or however many shooters you have, even just two more shooters in a lineup, with his already great scoring ability, despite all the flaws we already pointed out with this roster, you'd imagine he gets even better as a player, even better as a scorer, even better as a facilitator, as a creator for others. And so he's already this good, a borderline all-star. You know, we can go back to last year where he should have been an all-star. Obviously this year, not so much, but last year should have been an all-star. And a more put-together roster around him catapults him into that top 15, even, even borderline top 10 range if he takes that leap like, we, like you can project him to due to these numbers that we're seeing this year. He's shooting a career high, 62% at the rim. He's shooting 43% in the mid-range, 44% in the short mid-range. He did a great job dominating whenever Rudy was off the floor, but even found crafty ways to attack Rudy Gobert when he was on the floor, taking advantage of some slow rotations and just proving to be an elite scorer. Even his first bucket, you saw it was a fake step back at the three-point line, which I believe it was Bogdanovich that was guarding him, kind of fooled him. And then he did the actual step back in the mid-range, which created space. And even though... We've seen SGA clank a lot of step-back threes this year, and, and it's even gotten some fans wanting him to take that out of his game. I've always been I've always been consistent in saying he should keep that in his game and continue to work on that all year long and for the foreseeable future because it adds so much to his game. You're seeing right here that the NBA defenses have to respect him as a scorer, and they have to respect him as a player. Percentages, lack of three-point shot this year, lack of three-point success this year, all that goes out the window. Because you still respect number two. You don't care what his basketball reference page says under three-point percentage. And that allows him to create all this space. And he had 20 points in the first half. You saw the, the wheels turning on how to score against a lengthier team than what he's usually going to go up against. Because he utilized more fall-away jump shots in the mid-range and fall-away jump shots around the rim. He finished higher off the glass to not get blocked. After the game, Wiggins calls him unguardable. Mentioning that, you know, in, in training camp, you know, kind of his welcome to the NBA moment was trying to guard SGA and saying, look, I did everything right. I did everything I could possibly do. That was Wiggins' exact words. I did everything right. I did everything I could possibly do. And he still scored. And he mentions how, you know, SGA might not, might not be the quickest player in the league, but the way that he changes direction and his pace allows him to blow by defenders. And Darius Baisley had a really good post-game press conference yesterday. And in that press conference, he, he mentioned that SGA is taking on more of a leadership role. 
and that he's he's doing more of the pull guys aside and talk to them or explain things to younger guys. He's still more of a lead by example type of player, SGA is, but he's adding that vocal leadership to his arsenal as well now. This has been a really good stretch from, from SGA since the All-Star break. And the zero turnovers, only four fouls whenever you're playing with no center. No offense to Olivier Saar, who's seven feet tall, but for all intents and purposes, you're playing with no center against the Jazz, and you're having to rotate and switch onto bad matchups, and you only foul four times, zero turnovers against this lengthy team. Four steals, a block. Like SGA was just on another level in his 38 minutes in this game. And I, I, I just cannot kind of put into words how special SGA can be as a basketball player because of the things we're seeing right now. And if you trust Sam Presti to build this roster and you trust Sam Presti to utilize these draft picks to get young talent and also proven NBA talent, then your ceiling for SGA, when we have those ceiling conversations, should be unlimited, should be uh, untouchable, right? Because if he's already this caliber of player with this roster. Again, we have to call a spade a spade at some point. This is not a good roster. It's why they're one of the worst teams in the NBA, folks. And the pieces who might be good in the future right now don't have the gravity of the defense and the respect of the defense. Only SJ has that. And he's already this good. So you put a star around him, you put a couple, you know, true pieces around him. The sky's the limit, and it's it's why you know you can't wait for Josh Giddey to get back and uh, and playing again as well. But SGA has another eye-opening game. This should be an eye opener to what he can be in the future. To have rim success and to have mid-range success against this team in Utah, and with your pieces. In Oklahoma City, you just shake your head and just wonder what he looks like next year, what he looks like the year after, whenever this roster is kind of put together. But again, I want to tell you about good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of your next order. Folks, Built Bars are fantastic. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. They are low calorie, high protein. Uh, they're fantastic. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away by the high protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb that Built Bars contain. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 12 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar and it's no contest. Built Bar is the one to go with. They have so many great flavors like mint brownie, coconut almond, and so much more. My personal favorite is white chocolate cookies and cream, which is a brand new flavor, and you should try it out today. But also just standard cookies and cream is fantastic as well. So go check out Built today, built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to continue diving into this game against the Utah Jazz. And when we look at this team and this game, there are some interesting pieces. And one of those is Aaron Wiggins. Wiggins is a guy that, you know, the Thunder found with a, with the 55th overall pick in the NBA draft. And he looks more comfortable in this game than he had been before. Right. So Wiggins sprained his ankle the first time and when he came back, he still looked kind of hurt a little bit, like or kind of just like not comfortable, I, I guess I would say. And again, that's just from the outside looking in. And then he hurt his ankle again, and now he's back for the first time against Utah. And in this game, he p- kind of picked off more with what he left off with before that first ankle injury, scoring 11 points, two assists, uh, two, assists two steals, four rebounds, and 62% from the floor. Really like Wiggins' game. He had his two-way contract converted to a full-time deal, obviously. I, I think that Wiggins, again, is not going to be this all-star superstar player, but he is going to be a very important player. And whenever it comes time to push for the playoffs again, right, whenever it comes time to have, you know, the the playoff rotation, which is usually going to be like six, seven, eight guys, right, and you're going to really shrink a roster down in the playoffs. Wiggins is the type of player on the defensive end and offensive end, that 3 and D mold that can really – that can really – Make the cut for that rotation. And Darius Baisley proved big in this game. He had the 11 points. He had the steal, two assists, five rebounds. Sure, he went one for seven from three, but he went 45% from the floor, was perfect inside the arc. And the biggest thing with Darius Baisley yesterday, the three blocks, one was on a Bogdanovich jumper who scored 11 three-pointers in this game. During this game against Utah, he guarded Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and Bogdanovich, and did a really good job on all three of them. But that shows his versatility. It shows his ability to guard one through five. And one of the biggest things in this entire you know kind of spectrum, in this entire season, so to say, is how difficult that is to go into a game and your matchup not being one person, not being one position, not being one play style, it being three different players of all different calibers, right? Rudy Gobert down low around the rim all the time. Bogdanovich, a off-ball three-point shooter. Mitchell, just a score, a bucket getter. On-ball, off-ball, any which way, all three levels. Really hard to guard Mitchell. To be able to do all three things in one game shows you that elite pathway defensively. And in the playoffs, you're going to need elite defense whenever the game goes to a half-court setting and it's more iso ball uh, and it's just more intensive than just running up down the floor and seeing what happens. And that's where Baisley can really come in. And Matisse Thibel is a player that Thunder fans really liked in his draft. And Matisse Thibel is a player that Philly fans seem to like and uh, will, will obviously be in their playoff rotation because of his defense. Matisse Thibel shoots 28% from three, 32% in the corner. Baisley shoots 29% from three, 31% in the corner. Baisley's 21 years old. Thibault's 25 years old. Baisley can guard one through five. And I don't think Thibault can. And, and 
you know, you can go back and forth on who you'd select out of Thibault and, and Baisley, but it, it just shows that at 21 years old, with his defensive upside and potential and what he already is defensively, there's no reason to there's no reason to believe that he cannot succeed and that he cannot, you know, that he cannot succeed and he cannot find a career for himself in the, in the NBA. And tonight was why. I mean, you, you guard all five positions and you do it very well. Pokerzewski, 12 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block, two turnovers, 0 for 5 from three, though. But a nice game for him in, in 33 minutes. He was really all over the place uh, in terms of getting the rebounds and the assists and the points. Obviously, it's tough shooting night, but those happen. And, and the fact that he didn't, um, the fact that he had a tough shooting night and then didn't try to break it in this night, right? And didn't try to uh, snap out of the cold streak during this flow of this game and instead just kind of surrendered to the game, right? And, and, and what I mean by surrender to the game is, you know, when you go 0 for 5 and you have Poku's confidence and you've seen Poku's track record dating back to last year with kind of how crazy he could get with the ball in his hands, it's easy to shoot that sixth shot, seventh shot, eighth shot, right? And just think that was going to go in and break your cold streak. But he let the shots come to him. If he was open, he shot it. If he wasn't, he passed the ball or, or drove it or do whatever he needed to do, right? He had some really good finishes around the rim. He had one where uh, he was smart to go up with his uh, with a hand away from him to Gobert, so Gobert was late on the rotation, and he didn't panic whenever Gobert was running down running down on him and bearing down on him on that rotation at the rim. Uh, uh, you know, I, I made the joke about Hall of Fame Intimidator Bash for those of you that play 2K, uh, but you know, it, it is a legitimate thing. If you're Pokoshevsky and you look like look, look, you look like Pokoshevsky and you have Rudy Gobert who is the defensive player of the year rotating quickly over to you at the rim, you might, you know, kind of be herky jerky at the rim and kind of blow the layup because you are fearing the defensive player of the year coming over there and swatting your shot or change the way you're shooting the ball at the rim at the last second. And it kind of throw your shot off. Poku was very under control. He was very poised at the rim in that scenario and finished at the rim with a finger roll. Uh, I really like what we've seen from Poku in this stretch. I think that the uh, Poku propaganda will be very strong this summer and I cannot wait. Remember, I spent last offseason telling you, hey, this this massive leap from Poku might not come year one to two. It might come year two to three. And, and hopefully we're going to see that. Hopefully this good stretch here is setting the foundation for that. But I want to give a huge shout out to Vic Critchie, who scored six points, two of three from three, two rebounds of steal. And also Lindy Waters, two for two from three, a massive block on Jordan Clarkson, meeting him at the rim and just having just this insane success on that block. You know, just something that you you hardly ever see uh from a from a guard like Lindy Waters but he was able to get physical and I think that that kind of was a moment like that was a play that kind of encapsulates the game for the Thunder they're down all their quote-unquote bigs on an already very small team right and you're playing an already really big team in Utah and everybody top to bottom every player on the roster stuck their nose in it put their chest in front of the rim, walled up, and tried their best to stop them and, and try their best to get physical and try their best to uh, just throw elbows in, in, in the figurative sense, not the literal sense, but try their best to mix it up down there. Outsized, you know, outmuscled, but they were physical. And I think that that was all you can ask for from the effort from the Thunder and, and Mark preached as much after the game. But the two for two from three, the massive block, the two rebounds, uh, he had two blocks total, six points, 12 minutes, really good 12-minute stretch from uh, from Lindy Waters. And then Olivier Saar also played well, 11 points, a putback slam, 
one for four from three, nine po- uh, nine rebounds, a steal, two blocks, three turnovers, two fouls, and 20 minutes of action. Uh, again, Saar is not a player that I project to be in the NBA for very long, but uh, still credit to him for having a really nice game in the NBA, and we'll see uh, we'll see where the chips fall on that front uh, down the line. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is a fantastic football season is over. However, however, basketball is in full swing. Both pro and college hoops from all of this odds, totals, player props, where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and Olympic information. And if baseball ever comes back, baseball as well. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. But online is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show lothunderpod at gmail.com. And on today's show, we're going to continue talking about this game. But I do want to tell you for your second listen, go check out the Locked on NBA podcast. The Locked on NBA podcast is a daily podcast talking all about the association that you know and love. So check out Locked on NBA. It has a rotating cast of hosts each day. So it's always a fresh mix and always a fresh uh, fresh podcast. So go check it out. Locked on NBA uh, on the Locked on Podcast Network. Now, Let's continue on with this game. It was actually a pretty interesting game from a Thunder standpoint because of the adversity they had to face and because of the different lineups and different things like that. But the Thunder fall 116 to 103. They lose by 13 points. The difference here is the Jazz made 23 threes. Yes, the Jazz made 23 threes and OKC made eight. Rudy Gobert scores 12 points and grabs 17 rebounds. And so this is where I would be interested to see what kind of Mark thinks because I'm obviously going to admit Mark knows way more about, about basketball than I do, but just my little brain here watching the game, I wondered why not just sell out to stop the three and let the jazz eat in the paint, right? You're undermatched down there anyway. Uh, and the jazz are obviously a good three point shooting team. And they killed you from three in this game. And, you know, you go down to, uh, you know, points in the paint and you dominate the jazz and points in the paint, despite the uh, mismatch on a, uh, on the size front and Rudy Gobert. I think if you let him just keep shooting layups, you're going to find that you have a lot more success than if you just let them shoot 23 and you'll make 23 threes in this game. But maybe there's some actual like coaching reason why they didn't just sell this up to three and just let Rudy score every time down the floor. I think that if you just let that happen, you've got SGA, you've got some different players that can keep pace, but still you only lose by 13 points. It was a, a good comeback from the thunder as Gobert scores 12 and grabs 17 boards. Donovan Mitchell scores 24, Clarkson scores 20, Bogdanovich scores 35 on 11 three-pointers. Fantastic game from him. The Thunder had five in double figures. However, Shea's the only player who scored more than 11 points. OKC once trailed by 23 points. 
Uh, OKC once led by three out of the gate. There was two times this game was tied and three lead changes. The Jazz grabbed one more rebound. They had seven more assists, though. The Jazz had 11 turnovers to OKC's seven. The Jazz shot 44% from the floor, 44% from three, and 76% at the line. This is the difference. OKC shot 42% from the floor and 20% from three for the Thunder, 89% at the free throw line. OKC scored 23 fast break points. The Jazz scored nine. Each team had 14 second chance points. OKC dominates points in the paint. Again, 54 to 28. 54-28 in points in the paint. Both teams had 30 points off their bench. Uh, Utah had 11 points off of turnovers. OKC had six. Utah won the first two quarters. OKC won the last two quarters. And again, I just would like to see what would happen uh, if they would have just sold out for the th- top the three and uh, let the Jazz score through them every single time. Uh, but let's talk about the game overview because we do have something to discuss with Josh Giddy, who is still out, as is Lou Dort, Ty Jerome, Muscala, Kenny Hustle, JRE, Isaiah Roby, and Derek Favors. Roby was a late scratch with the back injury. He was in the starting lineup for the pregame and then was a late scratch before tip-off. Uh, but we have no update on any of these players as Utah missed Mike Conley besides Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy uh, was said on Saturday after practice that he would be out a couple of weeks. Now the season has like four weeks left. And so a couple of weeks would take you uh, to two weeks left in the season. And Mark did clarify that the Thunder and, and him and everybody hopes that Josh Giddy will be back this season. So he hopes that his season is not over, uh, but missing a couple of weeks only leaves you a couple of weeks left in the season. Obviously this will end the rookie of the month stretch here in March. It'll go to somebody else. Hopefully Trey Mann or whatever, but it'll go to somebody else and not Josh Giddy, which is a bummer, just in the sense that it'd be cool to go wire to wire uh, in the rookie of the month category, but he'll be out a couple more weeks with that hip soreness injury. Obviously, you want to make sure he's healthy, and it's way more important than winning rookie of the month, uh, but it is a bummer to see Josh Giddy out with a hip soreness injury because you finally have SGA back and you kind of are desperate to see what they look like together and uh, and how they played together and mesh together, and it's just fun to watch Josh Giddy play basketball, but it'll be at least a couple more weeks before Josh Giddy is back in action. The bet of the day was OKC plus 13 and a half. That obviously cashed in barely. The money ball pick was straight man, but that was a miss. It was actually a tie between Vit, Tail, and Lindy with two threes each. The MVP of this game is SGA. Now, what's to come on Locked On Thunder? Folks, loaded week. So tomorrow is a very special episode with Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter. He joins to kick off our draft coverage as he will join us once a week, as he did last season, to talk all about the NBA draft. Tomorrow's show He's going to help us grade the rookie season so far for the rookie class, give a progress report on Tail Malvon and Alexei Pukashevsky, and do a generalized overview of the NBA draft before we get into the weeds of it next week. On Tuesday, on it's just on Wednesday, we're going to recap the Bucks game. On Thursday, recap the Wolves game. On Friday, it's a special Friday episode of Stock Watch around the NBA and around the Oklahoma City Thunder. So do not miss an episode of Locked on Thunder. Subscribe for free across all platforms including the platform of YouTube. Make sure you check out tomorrow's episode with at Mavs Draft with Richard Stamen of NBA Draft uh, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Folks, we'll see you tomorrow. And until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 